Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I am your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, for episode 138. Today we have another incredible family and friends guest episode. We are bringing in Sonny Johnson, the great Sonny Johnson, who is a longtime voice in the conservative movement and a real fire-breathing America first nationalist populist. Um, Sonny's great. I've, I've, sh- I've been on a show with her before. I've been on a few Twitter spaces with her before. We've uh, talked about doing a show together. I went on her radio show one time and I asked her a, a while back, would she be willing to come on? Please call me crazy. And since we're starting to kick up or ramp up our family and friends guest episodes, thought not not a better time than to bring Sonny Johnson on and <clears throat> have her uh, share some of her insights about the movement, about the conservative movement and about uh, black America. How black America how black people in this this presidential cycle ahead of us, but even historically speaking and in general, how black people fit into uh, the overall political climate and, and landscape here in our country, a country uh, under siege, a country under fire. So we're happy to have Sonny Johnson on. I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I know I'm going to. Uh, without further ado, the great Sonny Johnson. Welcome the great Sonny Johnson to please call me crazy. We're happy to have you a uh, long time coming for you to be on the show. We get a lot of requests for you to be on the show. Uh, and I got to say to start, I have a lot of respect and admiration for any, any black woman <clears throat> in today's political climate that's willing to step outside the mainstream narrative in, in, in any way that they choose to. Cause I know the political pressure is is often so heavy. Um, I've certainly experienced it myself, but I think maybe even more so for black women. Um, A lot of friends of mine are conservative black women, say they don't really feel comfortable talking about politics or their politics in in public. Uh, Obviously, some names and notes, Shamika Michelle's one. She talks publicly. My good friend Christina Caramo there in Michigan took the Michigan GOP, which was a landmark for the movement. Uh, But you maybe been involved in, in conservative politics longer than both of them. And uh, I'd, I'd like to hear your your take today on where we are on a number of things. But first, because it's your first time on the show, I'd like to get a little bit of your backstory, if that's okay, where you grew up, where you went to school, and and feel free to stop whenever you want. So again, thanks for being on the show today. And uh, let's let's do some of the Sonny Johnson backstory for the audience. Um, born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, you know, had <laughs> had kind of an upbringing where I was kind of living in the projects and the country. So I would kind of go from not having any plumbing to, you know what I'm saying, living, <laughs> seeing um, more than children should see at a young age. So I got, I was well, well versed kind of in both scenarios and spaces. Um, went, graduated high school at 16, went straight to the streets, ran the streets, did, did, did all of the bad stuff, didn't go to college. So, um, that's that. And, um, ended up realizing that if I stayed in Richmond, that I was going to, I was going to be trapped there. I was never going to get out. I was going to fit every stereotype and every narrative about black women. So I left. 
and came to live with one of my aunties up in North, uh, Northern Virginia. I met my husband about a month, a month or two after I got up here, and we've been together ever since and got into politics and got here. I don't like doing too much of the let's talk about sunny thing. I like okay. I like talk about topics and, <laughs> and, and you know what I'm saying? And, okay. and some, get some okay. opinions and some arguments and things yeah. going. Yeah, okay, that's fine, that's fine. That's enough of the sunny backstory. Just like to know where people are from and things like that, but um, it's an incredible backstory and, and you've been there. I, I think, I think in the process of the interview, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. will know exactly where I'm going, where I am, and what I stand for. I think all of that will become yeah. very, very apparent in the in, during the course of our conversation. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, let's jump straight into it. Then we have a crazy. Oh, I'll say one one way okay, I got go into ahead. politics because yeah. this 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 will this will kind of connect you and I. Okay. Um, one of the people that first got me into politics was Bannon. So he was he was one of uh, the very first people. So the very first time I ever did a speech uh, was a Tea Party speech. Mm. And his sister happened to be in the audience the day that I gave my very first speech. And she called him and was like, look, you got to you got to get her. Um, you got to get her. You got to talk to her. And so um, he kept, I had an interview with him. We ended up I ended up being in one of his documentaries. and. Um, Really, you know, that's how I kind of got into politics and got into some of them circles to see behind the scenes it was all through Steve Bannon. Yeah, and Steve Steve is a special breed, even in this movement. We'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about some of that uh, as we go on here. <clears throat> Just to give you a little backstory, what I've been talking about the last week, because I, I think you you fit in perfectly. Part of the reason why I hit you this week is I, I could feel this sense of um, of friction bubbling up, even within what would be described as the MAGA movement, right? Our movement, right? The the this sort of new brand of of populist nationalist conservatism, and I can feel this friction bubbling up within the movement. I mean, there's a real splinter that that's starting to happen within the movement. Now, some people would look at that and say, "Oh, well, you know, we got to stick together and unite. We can't let the enemy divide us." And my whole thing is, we should definitely unite. But let's unite under the right auspices. Let's let's unite under the right idea. Let's set our ideas first. Let's have the arguments. Let's have them out there in the open. Set the ideas. Now we can move forward in a way that's that's actually going to be productive instead of a runaround. And that's that's part of the reason why I have such love and admiration for Steve is he's kind of a cut to the chase, no nonsense type of guy in the in the movement. Uh, and you can tell. If you're watching close enough, you can tell that Steve has carved out a, a lane for himself. He's carved out a piece of the movement in the audience that everybody else kind of envies. And and people will give Steve his respect, but they don't really want to fall in line behind Steve's leadership completely because he is a little bit too raw and uncut for a lot of the contemporary conservative commentators or pundits. Um, but but where I went this last week, that's was, where I fit. It. That's ahead. where I fit, though, because absolutely you do. I, I agree. was able uh, with him. Like, so we would go. He would be like, all right, you had a speech in South Carolina. Right. And I'm like, OK, yeah. All right, cool. I, I, I'll come to South Carolina. Everything good. All right. I get to South Carolina and you know how they had a program. Uh, and they have all of the speakers listed. So I want to look and see, you know, where I'm listed in the program. And my name isn't on it. And I'm like, 
I'm supposed to be speaking, but my name isn't on it. He says, don't worry. They gave me 30 minutes and I'm going to give it to you. So mm-hmm. when they call me up there, then you just going to go up there and you're going to take the mic and, and it's going to be your speech. So like literally that's how it operated. It was like, you knew, he knew that there would be friction to me being in these spaces that it wouldn't be accepted. It wouldn't be welcome. And he always found ways to get around that. So if he was given time, then he would give me that time and not knowing what I was going to say, knowing I was going to ruffle feathers, knowing, you know, the direction I was going to go. Um, yeah. And just, and just see this time, but it also goes to having an understanding about the closed mindedness of this bubble that is, the right right now. And that's why when you were talking about the friction and the splinter, it's not a friction and a splinter. It's people who want to debate and people who don't. And the people who don't want to debate are the people who have controlled the conversation for so long with no pushback. So they're used to not having pushback. They're used to being able to say Reagan's 11th Amendment and, and, and you know, uh, 11th Commandment and, and have everybody back up. They're used to not yeah. having to be held accountable for their stances. And now you have people that are like, yeah, no. Nah, we we need to have a debate. And ain't nobody over here fighting with you. We're not over here calling you names. We're not doing what the left do. We want an intellectual debate, right? We want a debate about substance. We want a, a debate full of context. But it seems like we have exposed those people because they don't have context. They don't have solutions. They don't have historical reference. All they have is a pattern of of being used to having power and not having to defend it. And now they're putting it, being put into a spot where they have to defend it. And I think it's lovely. Yeah, no. And so, you know, this started about a week back and and I don't want to go into the George Floyd thing too much because I spent two episodes now ranting about it, but I think I'm starting to move some people over to a more reasonable, reasonable position on the, on the situation, and my whole point from the, if, if you know anything about my story, uh, th- this this latest chapter of me being in the public square or, or on the scene uh, came from these George Floyd protests that broke out right here in my hometown. I was born and raised in Minneapolis. I know the back streets like the back of my hands. I stay off the freeways. I'm a, I'm a back street guy. I'll just say that. I take the back streets. But um, it was a it was obviously a pivotal moment in American history for a number of reasons, and obviously. The left wanted to use it for the way the left often uses any crisis or any uh, uh, any confrontational type of situation in, in today's culture. Uh, and, and I had the privilege, I really consider it a privilege to be able to go out and, and organize and lead these protests and try and shift people's focus away from, well, let's go to the police precinct. No, let's go to the Federal Reserve. If you're all while you're all here, okay, if we're gonna talk about a guilty system and how the system has guilt and where we should assess it and who's culpable, uh, I'd like to bring you all two blocks down from the police precinct, who are a bunch of hired guns for a corporate, a corrupt corporate community, really. Um, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, the institution itself is is intended to be a higher a sort of hired gun. Um Let's bring you two blocks down to the Federal Reserve where the most corrupt thing in human civilization is taking place and you don't even know the building exists. I mean, it's hiding right in plain sight. 
Um, so and my point in talking about Derek Chauvin uh, in the last couple of weeks was to say, I think the, from my time in the conservative movement, but any, even in my time before when I was, you know, what you could say independent or my own lone wolf out there fighting against the NBA and the politics of the woke corporate community before, before it was cool in the conservative movement, let's mind you. I mean, this was 2012. There was, there was little rumblings of, of fighting against the wokeness in the corporations or the, let's say the, the, um, the, uh, uh, incoherence in the the corporate world's narratives. Uh, I was fighting that early on by myself, mind you, and there weren't no conservatives showing up to say, "Hey, the NBA is full of shit." Then, you know, n- n- now they yeah, are. They never, they never do. But if you want to, like, if you want to do like the history of Sonny a little bit, okay, I, because it's relevant to this conversation, yes. I'll add it. So. Um, I, when I started in politics, right? So, you know, this is me young, not knowing anything, very honest, um, didn't know the difference between a Republican and a Democrat, didn't understand what a progressive and a conservative, like the terminology, it all of it was new and fresh and, you know, I didn't understand most of it, right? So I had to go through a learning process. That was kind of um, around Trayvon Martin, mm. right? So. I was at that time, I was looking at conservatives and Republicans like, like, what the fuck is wrong with them? Mm. Like, okay, so maybe this is like a cultural thing, because if somebody follows me home, I'm I'm going to be looking about how to defend my fucking self. I'm not going to be, you know, all this shit that conservatives and Republicans talking. Maybe it's just a cultural thing. And they just don't understand how black people live and maybe they would do something different. You know what I'm saying? Like I was trying to rationalize um, their response to Trayvon Martin because I didn't understand that shit. It, it, it didn't, you know, so I was like, okay, I, you know, whew. and so then you got to Ferguson. So when Ferguson happened, uh, when Daryl Seals started speaking, and you st- and I started to hear the black men on the ground not connected with mainstream media, not connected with the apparatus, just the the brothers, you know. Yeah, in the and community, I was in like, the neighborhood. Okay. I'm like, okay, this is the moment, Republicans and conservatives. Now I have protested with y'all and and, and rallied y'all on. Obamacare, on the IRS, on the Iraq, on the uh, Iran nuke deal. Like every time y'all needed me, I showed up. I did the rah-rah. I did the cheerleading. I was on your team. You had me on your side. Now, this is a moment I need you to be on my side, right? I need you to listen to what the black men on the street are saying, right? Do not listen to the mainstream media. Do not listen to the narrative that they are shaping. You listen to the people. But of course, the right couldn't do that. You know, so when they started saying when, of course, like all of the mainstream media were like, hands up, don't shoot. That became the And I'm like, ain't no, ain't no dude on the street in Ferguson talking about hands up, don't shoot. That's not how we roll. That's not what we are. Like, what the hell? This is not a message coming from the people. This is a manufactured message. Like, stop this. From the mainstream media, you mean? 
Yes, and, and, and it wasn't just, but it's not just the mainstream media in terms of looking at the left. It's also how the right reacts mm -hmm. to it, mm -hmm. right? It's all, that is just, you can blame because I know the right likes to blame everything on the left and the mainstream media, but a, a lot of the reason that they're able to get away with what they get away with is because of how you react. Right. Because of how you respond. When your response is vulgar, stupid, intellectually lazy, or whataboutism with no real substance, that is how they get away with what they are doing because you don't come back at them. You don't attack them and make them have to stand on principle and actually have to be accountable for what they've done. You don't back them into a corner. You don't make them fight on our battlefield. And as long as they have the ability to fight in their DEI battlefield, they will control the terrain. Mm. But there is a way for us to do it that stands on our principle with historical context that will back them into the corner and have them accountable for what they are doing. And this is what like Darren Seals and then we're talking about. Like they were like, we don't need the feds to come in. We don't need the outsiders to come in. We need city council. We need the mayor. We need like they knew to look at their local government. They wasn't looking at national and, and federal representation to solve their problems. They understood where their problems were coming from. And they were like, we don't need y'all to come in and save us. We're not helpless. We can do this. We just need this damn local government booped off of our net. Mm. And the right didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to listen. They started calling black people animals in the street. That need to be taken down. That you know what I'm saying, and yeah. I'm sitting here like, okay, have, is this what I've allied with? <laughs> like, is this is this what we're doing here? Yeah, and what so, they what they don't realize is they also what they're also doing is, you know, it, 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 well, let's let's get down to the the, the bone and the gristle of the matter. Uh, knowingly or unknowingly, what your average what your average everyday uh, conservative constituent in communities all across the country is doing when they have that knee jerk sort of, uh, uh, you know, off the cuff, silly, intellectually lazy uh, response to whatever the left is doing, whatever the new thing is on the table, what they're actually doing is they're making it impossible for your average uninformed, uneducated black voter to come into a movement that they rightfully belong in. And, and, and you and I, as black conservatives, can go to them and say, hey, listen, why are you trading your citizenship for global citizenship? Don't you know that's gonna water it down? Or or where do you think you're going? You think you're going to live in in, in, uh, in Mykonos? Or you think you're going to live in in posh Europe? Or you think you're going to live in Japan or wherever it is, you know, or, you know, taxes. You you like that. The, you you say the entire system is guilty. You see, say the, the federal government is on your neck, but then you want to give them more of your money? Uh, uh, you know, do you think the government's going to protect you or not? These are things that are easy for us to explain to, to black folks once we get them to sit down. But as soon as they go to reference the, the, the mainstream loudest conservative voice or the, the echo chamber that they find first, right, which is going to be propped up by the left, 
right? The left is going to prop up that that caricature echo chamber in order but to make turn them off to the message. But think about this intellectually, right? Intellectually. If you had a movement and your enemies strategically picked a certain prototype to highlight about your movement, would you continue to highlight the same ones they are highlighting? Do you not understand that there is a reason? They are not highlighting your best. They are not highlighting your most convincing. Hmm. They are not highlighting your most effective. Wait, 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 wait. Stop, 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 stop. So wait a second. Wait, wait. To, who are you to? Just give me. Okay. Give. Go ahead. Give me some name. We're not, I'm not trying to. We're not diss anybody, but. There's so you're yeah, saying let me let me see if I got this right. Wait a second, let me see. It's not even about dissing anybody because I have let, let me see if so I got many, this right. You're saying wait a second. So many I have been through so many okay. cycles of these, and yeah. I'm serious. I ain't scared to say nobody name. No, I'm just but asking. I, who do you you are you talking about the mainstream media? You're talking about the mainstream media that's liberal dominated, highlighting certain people from the conservative movement intentionally. And we think these people are superstars, but they know these people have a, a lower convincing value at a broad at a broad range. That's what you're talking about. These type of people. The right does the same thing when they bring on Al Sharpton to, spark, to talk for black people. Ooh, damn. You know what I'm saying? The Ooh, right does shit. the same. The right does the same thing. The right has made Al Sharpton more money than the left have ever made for Al Sharpton. Ooh. Because Al Sharpton is the go-to for the right, and he can ruffle the feathers and have the video clips for them to play, that's his importance because he is accepted and exalted by the right. That's his relevance. Mm. Um, and the Jesse Jacksons and such, that's why they are important. And, and if you notice, um, anytime anything happens in the black community who runs to Al Sharpton? Nobody. Right. Nobody the in the black community. Has, the left has a whole bunch of knickknacks and paddywhacks they can choose. Who always runs to Al Sharpton? The right. And it's because it is a certain prototype that yeah. the right wants to show about black people. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so these are bad black people and then their black faces are the good black people mm. you know what i'm saying so both sides and mind you and my and, innocent and mind you now mind you a lot of their black face and we hate to do the thing with race and this is what i've been saying this since i first started coming on the show with jason whitlock and he you know his whole thing was racial idolatry and we want to get away from race but then he talks about race every single week uh, i don't get away from race why would i want to get a like I, yeah. all right do this why would we why why can't we talk about race they're using it tell we need to talk about and sort it out tell the history of america without race can't do it you cannot do it so why were we putting ourselves in a spot to deny like this is what the right said that they are against the right says that they are against the erasure of history yep. they are against the forgetting of our legacy our trip together our, our our interactions throughout the decades we have to remember those things because those are the things that made us the country that we are why is it that way on every subject but black history 
And you come to me and you say, well, black history should be American history. I'm waiting on you to make it American history. Mm. I, I'm waiting for you to make it American history. Because the minute you make it American history, you will realize and have to admit that you cannot tell the story of America without talking about race. And if you want to get um, patriotic with it, let's go back to the founding fathers. Did the founding fathers believe in the concept of race? I don't care whether it's positive or negative. That's not the question. Did they believe in the concept itself? Yes. So when we want to return to founding principles, does that not include the concept of race being something that is forward in the conversation? The founders thought so. Mm. So which one of us is being more patriotic when we see clearly with our eyes and are able to discern with our intelligence and have real truthful, honest conversations about race? And here's the rub. The white conservatives and Republicans, they don't like talking about race because the left always calls them racist. Right. So let me let me soothe you. Let me soothe you. My ego will not allow me to call you racist, so you will never have to worry about that, right? Mm. I don't think in no way, shape, form, or fashion in any world are you superior to me. I do not think you are smarter than me. I don't I don't think you are quicker than me, more adept. Like, I don't, any of that stuff that y'all carry under y'all racism label, I don't believe any of it to be true. So I will never, ever, ever call you a racist. Because my ego would have to say something about me for me to do that. You know what I'm saying? So no. It. I gotta love look, you gotta love it. Let's take that off the table. Now, with that being taken off the table, and you're not worried about me calling you racist because you can never be when it comes to me, right? So now, now that we're at that spot, can we have a conversation where race is included in the context? even if it's not the overall basis for the conversation. Mm. So if I want to talk about socialism, I can talk about socialism in America under the context of black America. So race is, yes, a part of the conversation, but the overarching conversation is socialism and Marxism and its integration into the American population. You, you good for the conversation, <laughs> Come on. but you don't like the context. That's basic, though. But that's that's so. But you know, and and what you're saying is is so relevant because you can see that the greatest psyop done. Let, let's start from this basis, and I go all the way back to democracy. I remember when we were on. I, I came on your radio show and I talked about the four heresies of the West, and you know I've talked about it before, and people are kind of like, well, "What do you mean about that?" I'm like, "You guys don't realize these fundamental ideas in Western culture that have laid the groundwork, the foundation." for where we are today. Not to say that they're all bad, but the 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 basis of of what we're dealing with today comes from these ideas. You got secularism, which is, you know, gave birth to the scientific method. Oh, science is going to solve our issues. Then it was democracy. Oh, a uh, uh, a majority vote will solve our issues. And then it was computers, computer technology. Oh, well, you know, humans have a bandwidth problem. So computer chips and and technology is going to solve our issues. Now they've gone over the hill and artificial intelligence is going to solve our issues. I mean, they're already saying it right out in the open. My point is, if you take that lineage and you say democracy or the Democrats or liberalism, which was a post-European intellectual idea, 
uh, always had a sort of impulse to bring us to the point we are today in, in undermining what is American. You could say that American, uh, America's foundational values, flawed as they were, were an attempt to break from that European intellectual culture, right? It is, you know, we're American, we're sovereign, we're citizens, we're not under a monarchy or we're not under a corrupt church that's working with the monarchy or, or however you want to play it. Our founding fathers, flawed as they were when it comes to their concept of race, their basic ideas were evolving from where they had previously come from. So Americanism, American citizenship, and, and the idea of America was juxtaposed to those European ideas. You can't even say that because people start from the place of, a lot of people start from the place of, if you're criticizing European culture, if you're criticizing European uh, intelligentsia or academia, you're just trying to criticize white people. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm-, I'm, I'm <laughs> But see here, here, see, this is my point. When they say that, you just try to criticize white people. Okay, then can we have that conversation? Since that's your response to me, let's have your, that conversation. Because that's what the left says. The left says that if we talk about any of these things, we're talking about white people. Mm -hmm. So if I start talking about these things, you say we're talking about white people. Yet you want to convince me that you and the left are different. How are you and the left different? Because it seems like to me you both believe the exact same thing when you want to believe it. When it when it fits your argument, then y'all are in simpatico. But when y'all are across from each other, that same argument somehow causes friction. Right? So if that person from the right comes to me, that'll be their argument. The person from the left comes to me, that'll be their argument. When they come in front of each other, now it's like they can't see eye to eye and everything that they say is oppositional. And that's how you know you're not dealing with serious people. People who want to draw you into low hanging fruit, low vibrational conversations and basically waste your time because at the end, you're not gonna get a solution to anything. And your mind is not gonna be expanded by some uh, uh, spectacular thought that they put out and they are too intent on their purpose to soak anything up from you and it becomes a frivolous conversation. Right. But, but, but we can talk about uh, the fact that America was in fact built off of whiteness. Right. Like why not? we are not supposed to say that? And, and and we're supposed to act like that. That is not true. Right. <laughs> it, it is true. Right. It is very true. Y'all won. Y'all won. Y'all got to write the history. You got to decide the language. You got to write the laws. You got to define the culture. You won. And you tell us that we need to celebrate that victory because how magnificent it is. Mm. And I am, as an American citizen, I can look and say, it is magnificent. Can you imagine a small ragtag group of men taking on the greatest naval military force that ever existed in the world and winning? Come on. Like, like I don't, I'm not going to take away from the greatness of what it was and what it meant and how grand it was. But at the same time, how can you belittle 
the fact that you won and you built a culture off of your victory. I'm not understanding where the disconnect comes in. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And again, it becomes history you can't even talk about because the left abuses them so much that they run from it. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you running from it? Like you won. And I would be like, hey, yo, we won. This is how we won. We realized that you needed to have control over your own fucking borders. We realized that you had to have, we realized that you had to do da, 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 da. So maybe we need to go back to realizing that foundational shit right about now, because we didn't got oh, far, 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 far away from it. So back when we was doing those spectacular victories, this is what we were doing. We are not doing those things now. So if we wanted to get back to victory mode, Maybe we should start doing those things now. Right. And I would say to the black people, look, black people, last time they was in victory mode, we was in change. So this is what we're going to do. We know what the fuck is coming this time. So we are going to make sure we are positioning ourselves in both economic empowerment and defense that when the next time rolls around, we are not the ones that are left holding the bag at the end. Yeah, we, we we write ourselves into a different spot in history this time. You know what I'm saying? For sure. So those things do not have to be oppositional. But but right? the, and the, but the thing is, first, absolutely. But the thing is, one has come along with the other, right? So, you know, when you when you talk, like I was saying, if you see like conservatives or the the, the conservative movement. And let's go back further than the conservative movement, because the conservative movement is post 19, late 1960s, early 70s. The Republican Party existed well before the conservative movement. OK, and, and conservatism. That's first thing. The other thing is you got to look at the, the inception. No, 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 actually, conservatism started with black Americans. No the, doubt. What I, I mean, the I official was, I mean, the official political conservatism that's branded. No, I, I won't get them credit for that and get the whitewash history like that. No, yeah. the official, the essential first conservatism came from black Americans. It mm. came through Frederick Douglass. It came through Booker <laughs> T. Washington. Of course, right. Like, who was teaching development and skill branding and like who was doing that prior to But us? they never want to mention Frederick Douglass. Let's just that's what I'm saying. Okay. But see, that's the point. And this is why you have a whole bunch of Republicans who don't even know their own history. They don't even know the history of their own party. Because if they knew the history of their own party, then they would understand that the strain of conservatism that they are that they want, the one that they profess that they actually want, is that black, that black conservatism strain. Not this 1960 conservatism strain that got them fearful of Russia and and, and thinking that um Free trade doesn't mean your jobs are going to be shipped over fucking seas. So, no, th this fake conservatism <laughs> y'all got that they gave y'all to placate y'all for a little bit, yeah. that ain't the one you craving in the bottom of your yeah. soul. Yeah, the that's one right. In the bottom of your soul goes back to black Americans, and maybe if you learned the history, you wouldn't be repeating it. Yeah, no, no doubt, 100%. The, this, uh, this, the, the conserve, this is what I've been saying the last week is. Tell, did somebody provide the evidence? Show me. 
show me how you could show me how you can be a conservative. Show me how you can be a patriot. Show me how you could be what I've been calling Pax Americana. Show me how you can come from this American citizenship mindset and blame all of the ills and pitfalls of our society today on the left. The whole point of American citizenship was when the ship went wrong, you were supposed to stand up, stick a flag in the ground and say, you're not crossing this line or that line or uh, or those lines or so and, imagine and, if they had uh, did that through Jim Crow and they never would have needed the civil rights bill because they handled that shit where they were supposed to handle it at the state level. Right. So Im right. imagine where we would be as a country if those of y'all who claim to be patriots actually stood the fuck up when the time was there for y'all necessity for y'all when y'all saw y'all constitution being bastardized was that not enough to make you stand up oh because it was happening to your black brothers and sisters it it, it didn't rather rough your feathers enough right so now you see that it's happening to you and you getting that January 6th treatment. And now all of a sudden you can't believe that your government would ever like get the fuck out of here. Right. <laughs> if you would have at any point. Hold on, hold on. What they getting? What they getting in the. They're getting that January 6th treatment. And, 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 and they, that's, they, the, that's the treatment we've been feeling, huh? We've been we've been feeling that. We've been feeling that. See, but the thing, and th we got to start from this place, though. I'm not even going to give, I'm not even going to give people that they're really defending the Constitution genuinely. I know there are people out there that believe that they believe in the Constitution, and there are people out there who would make a claim that their involvement in the movement and their patriotism is rooted in their belief of the Constitution. I know those people exist. I see them online. The question is, when push comes to shove, we always get to a line. Like, let, let's use Governor Abbott, for example. You rhino, neocon, globalist fuck, okay? Let's use Governor Abbott. It's a prime example because it just happened this morning. I wake up to a tweet from Governor Abbott that says he's going to bus um, migrants. He called them migrants. He didn't say illegals. He said migrants. I'm going to bus migrants to sanctuary cities until Joe Biden closes the border. And then all of the, can, the, the the rhinos, the Texas rhinos who can't see past their own bubble, you know, because there's a bubble within each little part of the country too, right? There's the conservative bubble, but then there's a smaller bubble in Minnesota or in Texas or in Kansas or in California. And there's a lot of Republicans in California that would surprise people, but there are. But my, my, uh, my, my, back to my point, I wake up this morning, he says he's going to start busing migrants to the sanctuary cities. And, and I think to myself, do you not realize that all of the Democratic states across the country are going to automatic voter registration where you automatically get registered to vote when you get a driver's license and they're going to let illegals get driver's license without any papers? I mean, this is being legislated in states across the country. I said, you're just giving them the election. And, and you know... And they're losing, they're losing population as people lose their states, as people flee their states, and you are refreshing their population. Refreshing the so, population, and not only, and, and this was crazy. And, and look, I know, I know. They are sending their ideological zealots straight to your red states. I know who Governor Abbott is. He doesn't shock me. What shocks me is how many fucking people are on board with this shit. It just it, it really starts to show you that the best of what we have, right, 
are so far from the Steve Bannons that it had to be intentional, that there's been a systematic undermining of common sense about citizenship and these broad political ideas at a, at a very intentional level on both sides of the, of the spectrum. Let's not say the aisle, because we know the aisle is here with the uniparty, but let's say the spectrum. On both sides of the spectrum, people have been dumbed down. It's, it's a very simple concept. State governors have to stand the fuck up to the federal government. That's the reality. And, and, and whether it's Governor Abbott or it's Governor or whoever, whether you're Democrat or Republican, at the moment where the state becomes bastardized by the federal government and you say it's the federal government's responsibility to secure the border, so we're not going to pay for it. You're a radical materialist. You're, you're, you're a Marxist. You're a Marxist, and, and they don't understand. That's Marxism. When the, when the state of Texas packs Americana patriotism, when they say we're not going to protect our own border and pay for the protection of our own border because we're waiting on the federal government to come in and do it, aren't we right back to the war that was fought during the civil rights era between states' rights and federal rights? I mean, that was what the, rep- the, the conservatives got. I mean, that was what the Confederacy got right. They were trying yeah, to preserve states' fair. rights. I, well, I, I don't know uh, about if the Constitution was being followed, then the Confe- the Confederacy fighting for it would mm-hmm. be understandable. Right. But being that Black people were in slavery and all men were not created equal, they were still bastardizing the Constitution. So they could say that they were fighting for states' rights all they want, but you were fighting for a bastardized version of it because no doubt. everybody was not created equal. But conceptually, but conceptually... conceptually no, no, I, because this is something, again, that we have to be very, very honest about on the right, especially as Black people. Mm-hmm. And I want to be a states' rights advocate, right? I want to be a proponent of the 10th Amendment. But in order for me to do that, I have to be honest about how it has been bastardized and misused and the power that exists if that is unmonitored and unchecked and there is no form of regulation to stop it, um, how much damage can be done uh, with state level laws right so you're and saying we, so wait you're saying to people like you're saying the people well, you're, let me see if i got this right you're saying that the people and and i agree with you and i and i see the danger over the hill don't 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 get me wrong um you're saying well, well i'll say two things one is i know exactly what you're saying you're saying that in response to whatever they both sides have a an agenda and in response they're going to point out the other side's pitfalls to justify their own uh, um, their own taking the the wheel, right? Taking the 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 lever of power, and then once they get it, they're going to play their own little sadistic game with, with the power. I get that. Don't don't get me wrong. But however, I will I will say this: the Constitution, as a as an intellectual document, does solve this issue for Black folks already. There is no there is no there is no combination of circumstances where the right who wasn't even formally the party of racism, but but let's say if 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 you want to say that there's some danger about states' rights turning in on black folks, the Constitution already solves this problem. Black people got to get very clear about the Second Amendment in this way. The Second Amendment is the is the solution to any to any 
any type of tyrannical government that rises up. I don't care if it's black, white, Chinese, green, alien, doesn't matter. You get you a gun, you get you some ammunition, you spend less time on fucking TikTok or watching reality TV, and you get ready to defend yourself and your family. That's, we, but we could talk at basic functionalities. And we could take, like, uh, DeSantis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know everything the left says about DeSantis. You know, he's basically Hitler, Hitler with a mustache, right? right. Um, and Without course, the mustache, I can, yeah. I can, without the mustache, my yeah, bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I can look at him and I can be like, okay, the left is completely unhinged because they want the state of Florida. And they realize that it's kind of out of their grip and they're probably not going to get it anytime soon as a swing state again, right? Um, so we can acknowledge both of those things to be true and that the left is batshit crazy, right? But when it comes to the curriculum and that that the brouhaha they had about that one little piece mm-hmm. within the curriculum about uh, about slavery uh, being like a, a benefit. Um, if I can't come to you and say, Governor, this one piece. Can we can we do something about this one piece and not have you respond to me? Oh, you're just crazy like the left. And I'm not going to listen to you because I'm anti-woke and da, 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 da. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not the left. I'm not crazy. I'm not doing what the left does. You can write me completely off as being woke. Because I intellectually tell you this one thing needs to be discussed and talked about. Mm. How does that work? So that's just a microcosm. And I'm not even saying it specifically as though as a black person, I have the evidence of how it has been used against us. I'm talking about as an American citizen. And against us. So looking at some of the blue states and some of the regulations they were pushing during COVID and how they did not want to slack off of those regulations at all and the amount of power they were able to will just because of the Tenth Amendment and that state power. Do we want to have some kind of ability to be able to check them at that level, even if we're looking at Democrats um, federally, right? right? I wish that we never had to look at that as something we would expect to happen in our future. But again, knowing Black history, seeing what happened through through COVID, I'm going to stay on the side of caution and say that while we are advocates of the 10th Amendment, we do understand historical context and how it can be abused. And we will look at the states that think about abusing their um, constitutional protections, and we will stand in opposition to them when that happens. So I have to add that disclaimer. History demands me to do so. Right. No, and I, I agree with you completely. And, it, you know, I don't like any of these conservatives who st- look, if you're a conservative out there, if you're a black conservative out there and you start from a place of, well, we don't need to take talk about racism. Racism is racism is overblown. Number one. What what becomes I don't think there's a better example. The only better example of uniparty politics in this country is the way that the money works. 
the two the two best examples of uniparty sort of this you know this neoliberal neocon world order collaboration is one the way the money works and two the way that they feel or try and you know uh, divert the conversation when it comes to race and it's very clear why and I, I i started to talk to you about this on the show and you can tell me what you think this is all this, speaking of history um anytime you bring up charles darwin you see the right you know, skirt fly up in the air. You know, uh, anytime you talk about European intellectual history and academia, you see the right get a little shaky. Uh, And, you know, for example, I tell people like, look, racism, you know, this, this whole race theory, this whole social Darwinist theory, all of this comes from one intellectual tradition. And it's the British Empire. That's just what it is. And so anybody who's connected to this Atlanticist European sort of identity who show themselves often, like if you hear a conversation about reparations come up, um, you'll see the right say, uh, you'll see some people on the right. Now, maybe they're bots, maybe they're security state, uh, you know, think tanks that are just posting this stuff to keep the divide going. But you'll hear people start, you'll see people start saying stuff like, um, you were brought over to this country, that's reparations enough. Or let's send you back. Go back to Africa if you want reparations and ask it from them. Well, wait a second. Aren't the Europeans still stealing natural resources from the Africans now? Isn't that why you have a Muslim uprising on your hand? Where the Muslims are going to use that real history of the West pirating natural resources through, let's not be mistaken, despots of that same ethnicity and race that do the deal and take the money under the table against their own people's better interests, because that is what's happening. Same thing that's happening in black America. We could say racism, racism all we want to, and there's truth to it, but there's a lot of black bourgeoisies taking payouts to 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 manage the 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 to, to broker the deal. Uh and then so, I, I don't want to hear no, oh well, they've been put in a position to I don't want to hear the LeBron James has to exist in the system that he has to exist and blah blah blah. You know, if you read a Malcolm X book and you come out of it thinking, you know what, I'm going to sit here and broker the deal because it's better than having nobody. Then you're a, you're 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 a racist. I mean, you're actually you're actually culpable in the in the racism then. Right. But my point is, go ahead. I don't go ahead. participate in the racism conversation. Yeah, I participate in systemic racism in that conversation. And that is understanding what government has done through legislation, taxation, and regulation to uh, disenfranchise Black America. And the majority of all systemic racism is not co- does not come from the federal level. It comes from the state and the local level. Mm. And if we have an understanding of that, and we have a consistent message of preaching that. So I don't care how many first step acts you pass. The vast majority of felons are felons at state local level. They're not felons at the federal level. So you are not uh, fixing the overall vast problem by just um, um, working at um at levels at the federal level. So Oklahoma is a perfect example of this. They did a big uh, criminal justice reforms uh, program there, which has been very, very successful in terms of not only bringing down the crime rate, but also the recidivism rate. 
So there are legitimate ways to look at how we are doing this and how we are handling the uh, certain situations in our country, how they have been handled and how we can maybe look at handling them differently. So let's go with bail reform law, right? So everybody on the right gets their panties in a bunch over bail reform laws. And I just, I'd like to ask, why do you think that they are able to pass bail reform laws? Are you thinking that the majority of these people are just voting for it and supporting it because they hate justice and liberty? And like, no, they're doing it because you have an ineffective bureaucracy that is leaving people in pre-detention centers for months because they are unable to pay some very low bills. And in that time period of leaving them there, they are separated from their job. They're already living paycheck. To, you are making their situation detrimentally worse. Yes. Right? And and the right would act like they could not understand. Well, you shouldn't have did the crime. And I'm like, they are not convicted. These are pre- child detention centers yeah but and they the start from the place where like, they start the way the wait, right they, the, the right the way hold on wait wait this is goes back to the george floyd thing six treatment we this is this no, goes back understand the pre-detention trial centers we 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 this goes back to the george floyd thing they start from the place where if you've ever done a crime before number one you're already you're already considered guilty the next time around before a trial, right? So they're throwing out habeas corpus and innocent until proven guilty if you've ever done a crime, which is a bastardization of mis mis misread of the Constitution and the legal system from the start. But they also... And start with how our initial founders, how did they handle the British after, after the war was over? Right, right. How did they handle the British? How did they, how did they handle their worst enemies? The ones that wiped yep. out their face, how did they handle them? Mm. So again, don't come to me talking about you a patriot who wants to go back to founding principles and this is the way you talk about how the justice system should function. Get the fuck out of here. And you are nothing about you as close to founding principles. You wouldn't know a founding principle if it slapped you across your damn face. So, so you, you, you think you think a huge chunk, you think some sizable chunk of the right wing or conservative movement has their, their founding principles mixed up, greatly mixed up. mixed up. You cannot tell me. You are for the founding principles while you running around talking about some submit and obey and law and order. Get the fuck out of here. There's nothing about you <laughs> that is remotely close to a founding principle. <laughs> they say to me, they said, uh, they say, um, you know, for example, it's like uh, you're watching with the crime with the, and don't don't get me wrong. Let, let's let's be clear about it. I come from a real neighborhood. Okay. I know people who were involved in crime. I know people who did crime. I know people who still may, in fact, be doing some crimes. It's a part of life. What I've said from the beginning, since I popped on to the scene with, with Bannon, I said, look, if your government's stealing, everybody's stealing. And, and that's where the federal government does set a very dangerous precedent. And that's another place where the, where the conservative right-wing movement shows they have, no, they have no real standard bearing of the concepts they're talking about intellectually, like, Theft or robbery or crime or be, I, I, I said I said to people I said to people I said to people 
Show me your opinion. Show me the emotionality of your opinion about George Floyd and then show me your emotion about George Bush. Tell me who was the thug, who was the gangster. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was high, doped up. George Floyd was obviously dealing with drug drug issues. I know a lot of people who are black, white, and, and otherwise. A guy who may have been passing counterfeit money, maybe he knew, maybe he didn't. I don't know. The CCP's pumping counterfeit money in. Counterfeit money's everywhere. But none of that comes, I mean, it's not even a fraction of the real crime that we should be taking a stand against with how the phony money's being printed from the Fed and they're taxing you for it. Or the war crimes or the money or the resources we're stealing from other countries in the name of what? Technology? Progress? You got to realize all these conservatives who say they hate the progressives have allowed neocons to go march around the world, steal other people's shit, and use our military and our national security to justify it in the interest of progress, right? They say it too. They just say it very quiet so none of their constituents... Yeah, none of their constituents can hear. But but go ahead. You were going to say. One of the first conversations that I had with Bannon, uh, we um, I told him um, during that conversation, uh, our CEOs are on the street corners. It's not that we don't have them. It's not that they don't exist. It's not that they're not smart enough. It's not that they're, they're not, that they're not hungry enough. It's just. This is the set you gave them. They didn't get the access to banking. They didn't get the access to uh, global investment. They didn't. They didn't get those entry points. The only entry point they got was the street hustles, and they said, "I will take this street hustle. I will take the outcome of this street hustle, whether it's death." or a jail cell, or like whatever it is, I will take the outcome of it before I take living under progressivism and poverty. Mm. That was their choices. Mm. The destructive capitalistic route out or to be stuck in a progressive hellhole with no chance of escape. Where instead of being a perpetrator and you get to keep your hands clean, more than likely you'll end up being a victim. Damn. And this is the choice you're giving them to make. And they are choosing, they chose, we will, we will choose death or we will choose the punishment of capitalism before we choose this progressive crap you're giving us. So they took that destructive route. And during that destructive route, whether it be through the culture or through drugs or like whatever that destructive route was that got them out, once they got out and they started to learn how money moved, they started to learn how to make things move, shake, turn, you know what I'm saying? Now you start having an entirely different mentality because you, you're not coming from the survival mode of, of poverty, of being poverty stricken. You've come, you're coming into a place of healing where you can move into thriving instead of just surviving. Like we won't, we don't even give black people the goddamn grace to get there. So you think you're going to take somebody who was born in poverty, knew nothing but poverty their entire life, give them this grip of money, and they're not going to have no growing pains. 
They're not going to have any struggles. They're not going to have any hiccups. Nothing is ever going to go wrong. And if it does go wrong, then it shows you that it's symptomatic of why such and such and such capitalism is bad. No, trial and error. This is shit we weren't taught. It's that we had to learn the hard way. We had to go through. We had to experience. So you are going to be dealing with a population of black people that have scars and have bruises because living under progressivism is hard. <laughs> it's not fucking easy. You don't make it out unscathed. Yeah, yeah. They take a piece of you when you live yeah. there. They got and it. They got that part backwards. Everybody on the right will tell me that they understand that about progressivism. They will tell me that they get how detrimental and how harsh it is. But you can't give any grace for the people that have lived under it for a hundred years. You can't understand why they feel the way they feel, why they see what they see, why they act the way they act. Zero grace. So if you can have zero grace for these people that have lived under this progressive boot for a hundred years, don't ask me to cry for you because this now progressive boot is on your neck. You didn't only had it on your neck for three years. You got 97 more years. Mm. You mean I want to see you go through it for 97 more years. And then at the end of that, you can tell me that it has no long term effect. But in the meantime, in between time, what you damn sure ain't going to do is tell me that black people that have lived under this progressivism for 100 years have not served, have not suffered any long term effect from being under that ideology, because that is a goddamn lie. And I will fight back systemic racism that came under that progressive model every fiber of my being because it is real it is death poverty and destruction and until it is removed out of black america we cannot flourish and thrive so that is my life work to make sure it is uprooted and, and, and disposed of and we are given fertile soil to allow black america to do what we do best build grow and flourish damn amen Oh man, that was that was a, on a different level, um, and, and you know it, it it becomes very very clear when you point these contradictions out that the the mainstream conservative movement, even some of the alternative movement, has this impulse to push you out to the side, has to, this impulse to 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 cease to highlight you that you know when the just you for example when you know you won't hear that did you get did you get invited to talk at turning points uh. uh <laughs> <laughs> hey, I done got canceled from everywhere, bro. I, I bet you have. I bet you have. Last, the last place I got canceled from was uh, CPAC. I went to CPAC, and all I said was, if the right looks at black men like fathers and husbands, and coaches and leaders in their community, then you wouldn't have a problem talking to that. That's all I said. Y'all can watch the video. I ain't say nothing. I mean, I might have been a little loud. I might have been a little brass. You know, I I I carry myself with some spirit. But yeah, that's what that's what I, I got canceled for that. Now you see black men fleeing towards Republicans and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe that this I'm like, yo, I've been saying 49 percent. You know 49 percent. You said you know how your show has called me crazy. Seven years ago when I told them black men 
Guess what they called me? Crazy. I, I, I was crazy. I was insane. I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. I was closed, totally detached. Uh, I went, got to Trump. I told Trump, black men. I, I like everywhere I go consistently, you will find nobody more consistent than me on this subject. And I won't even talk about it. I am well versed in a lot of subjects. So I could talk about uh, like me and you, I think, would be able to have a conversation that just went hours over the number of subjects we could talk um, that we mm -hmm. could cover. But I don't talk about anything else but the issue of Black America because this is the issue where you this is the the, the space on the battlefield that is not guarded. This is where y'all have no defenses. This is where y'all are not ready, and y'all constantly get attacked on this flank. So. What I am going to do is I am going to defend this flank. And I'm not defending this flank for y'all rotten asses that don't deserve it. I am I'm defending this flank for black America because we deserve conservatism. We deserve the ideology. We deserve the policy. We deserve the protections. And we deserve a, 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 a free environment to be able to define for ourselves what our role looks like here. You cannot say, and I hate when people say this, whenever like, there, there is no black community. There's a black community, even if we're not located like we used to be in certain neighborhoods, stop acting like they didn't do everything in their fucking power to make us either poverty stricken in those neighborhoods or run like hell to get out the moment we had any success. We didn't move away from each other because we didn't like each other. We didn't want to be around each other. We fucking had red lines that made it kind of hard for yeah. the most successful wait, amongst wait, us. Wait, 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 wait. Before you even go there, I want to go back to something you said real quick. You made a point about black people living under progressivism and and the the young black man who turns to crime or to the streets or to selling drugs or whatever it is to make ends meet or to make an opportunity for themselves, at least in their mind. Now, as a black man who who mentors other young black men, obviously, and like, you know, love where Malcolm and the nation has carved out that space where they say, you got to have your own spiritual house in order first. You got to have your yourself together. You can't define yourself by corruption. And, 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 you know, that's a personal matter. When you look at it from a political assessment, there's a different there's a different vantage point and and I think it's such a such a relevant statement to make now that we're talking about politics in such a historical sense whether it be now and marxism or communism or where it came from or blah 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 but the democrat party and who was in charge of the kkk and all of that okay cool that's great let's talk let's let's go back to the root of the thing let's go back to the inception our founding fathers, the European settlers, the people who organized the United States of America or America as a, as a constitutional republic, those people that did that are the young black criminals of the street today. And you may not understand it that way. It's because your concept of history is a little, little perverted. Um, but those men left Europe, came to a new land, and they were willing to they were willing to uh, betray their beliefs or values about morals and ethics, or in some cases, faith and religion, the eternal, in order to build something. 
right? And and so and and you know, I know they wrote a lot more eloquent. I know they dressed a little different. I know they had an entirely different uh, concept of of what they wanted to build. Um, but your average black man, and, and don't get me wrong, two things can be true at once. Some of those people that came over that were European settlers that wanted to build a nation were in it for the money. They were in it for the slavery. They were in it for the pussy. They were in it for whatever they were in it for that wasn't righteous. But there obviously were some that were righteous in what they were after. There are some young black men. One second, they one second. The there, there's some. They there's the language of their time. They yeah. wrote in the yeah. language of their time. And black men today speak in the language of our time. They Absolutely. write in the language of our time. If yes. you want that language to sound differently, then maybe you want to fix the crappy ass schools that you keep sending no, them to. No, they don't want to fix the schools. They don't want to fix the schools. If you're not going to do that and this becomes the language of the day, then that no longer is a requirement or a measurement of intellect. Right. Because the language and the dialect of the day has changed. You might be mad that that is the case because you are in the upper 5% that uses that still uses the Queen's English. You know what I'm saying? So you might feel a little bit detached because right. you are not in the majority. But this is one of the reasons why Trump is able to connect with normal people. Right people because he speaks the normal language right. so you can say that uh, or just taking it and trying to judge intellect off of dialect is why conservatives and republicans are so fucking screwed when it comes to black america because you can have a black american repeating word for word verbatim everything you feel principally and ideologically except we speaking it our way and you can't make the connection no, but, but wait I'm, but wait sonny but sonny wait a second wait wait a second wait a second let's not let's not concede that these people are speaking great english either because when i talk when when i go no. on jason whitlock or something i see people i see these same white conservatives saying i i don't understand i can't follow you're saying the military yeah. industrial complex what do you mean or, or you're so you, so you don't like you don't like when the black man talks in the rap in the rap ebonics or the the street lingo, but you also have a little bit of an animus when he actually does speak the Queen's English. You don't necessarily like that either. And now me and Sonny have to sit back and ask ourselves, this shit's starting to look like it's a little bit based and rooted in race. I'm not, you know. Like it when you speak. They like it when you speak the king's, uh, the king's English, or queen's English, whoever. No, we got king now. They like it when you, uh, when you, when they, when you speak the king's English. You know what I'm saying? As long as you agree with them. Right. But see, when you start right. talking the king's English, and you don't agree with them. Yeah. Now they got a motherfucking problem. Oh, same see, as, same as the, same as the left. Same as the left. Same as the left. Same as and the left with that. So, and this is the funny part about the left when they're like, "Oh, white supremacy, white supremacy, white supremacy," and then I start speaking, and they're be like, "Well, you don't even speak properly." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, I don't, I don't speak like I was taught through white supremacy. Isn't that what you were complaining about? I thought the." I, I'm not understanding. See, because you seem to think yeah. that your adherence. To white supremacy makes you a good person to fight white supremacy. Me, I know white supremacy. I say fuck that. This is what I was raised at. This is what this is what my culture dialect sounds like. So, which one of us is intellectually 
Don't, but isn't it isn't isn't it isn't it funny? Isn't it funny when when you look at both outrage machines? Let me give you a prime example of 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 the the black conservative that the mainstream Republican culture likes. Tim Scott, and now is Tim Scott a bad guy? Does Tim Scott say some things that I I agree with? It yeah, but but when Tim Scott goes out and says we got to be able to defend uh, our national interests on three continents all at the same time. He's just he's just giving a he's just carving a lane for the Republicans to use a black guy to say we need to give an infinite amount of money to the military. He's that that, that is the grift. I mean, it don't get the grift don't get no higher than that. So Tim, but and you, you can see Tim Scott's mannerisms. He's just you know kind of this clean cut, polished, you know, polite puppet politician. Tim Scott is the prototype. He's the prototype. That's right. But prototype. but guess what though? What's funny is you see the same thing on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. The notice the people, notice the black people, notice the black people that start to that that get the highest positions on any of the mainstream media. I don't care. Pick one. There isn't there isn't a street. And now, now don't get me wrong. The thing about the liberal machine that they do have working is they don't have to give black people, street black folks. Uh, a prime position in posi- uh, on in the media because they also have their hands inside the underground culture of of America as well. So they don't have to let uh, uh, you know. Uh, I can't think of one right off the top of my head, but but certain you know more more uh, hip hop culture. Let's say let's use that as an example. Like th- some of the big podcasts from the hip hop community, which are getting really big. You saw uh, Robert F. Kennedy went on Math Hoffa's uh, podcast more recently. Um, so, uh-huh. you know, but the Democrats and the liberal machine has their hands on that underground. So they don't feel the need to bring in any of those people up to primetime. The primetime liberal media with black folks is all about a European Atlanticist educated um, prototype. Don uh-huh. Lemon, Don Lemon, Van Jones, um, you know, uh, uh, Trevor Noah. But Trevor Noah ain't even, I mean, he's from South Africa. He ain't yeah. even, yeah, yeah, you know. But all of them, right? Whoopi Goldberg even, you know, uh, pick one. I mean, they're all hey, Oprah. Be alone. I, I could disagree with Whoopi, but that's my Whoopi. Whoopi, my icon. That's my, that's my love. I'll what, fight what, you for what's, your fa- what's your favorite Whoopi movie? What's your favorite Whoopi? What's your favorite Whoopi movie? Which one? What's your favorite Whoopi movie? Go ahead. I like Karina Karina. Okay. I like Clarence Hart. I like Jumpin' Jack Flash. I like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I go back, you know, I stopped liking Whoopi around Ghost. So everybody starts liking her around that part. I yeah. stopped liking her around that part. So I'm 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 the old school, uh, old school when it comes to Whoopi Goldberg. So what to move to I want to move to some some current politics because I, I don't think I honestly, <laughs> I don't think you get I don't think anybody. You all? No. All right. So wait, wait. Um, let me let me ask you about this. Let me ask you about this DeSantis had, thing. Uh, the, the, uh, the DeSantis uh, thing. Serafina. Oh, uh, okay. Is one of the reasons why uh, I would say politically why why I got the attitude I got. And one of the lines um, that she has in Serafina is she tells the young girl. Um, don't follow politics because of me, because of me, of me or your love for me or how you look at me. It has to be something you 
feel you are willing to fight for, you are willing to sacrifice for. If you're going to get in it, get in it for that reason. So that's one of the things that I've always, um, that I've always took for me. And I, I've got that from Whoopi Goldberg. Shout out to Whoopi Goldberg. I love her. I can't stand we the view. I like Whoopi. You know, like, I like Whoopi. I can't stand the view. Politics, me and Whoopi will fight. But since she's not here, I'm just going to love on her. Yeah, I feel that. I feel. Tell me your thought. Okay, we got a Gavin Newsom, Ron DeSantis debate happening tonight. Tell me your thoughts on Ron DeSantis. Tell me your thoughts on neo neocon Nikki Haley and this whole anti-Trump movement. Because obviously, you've been very supportive of of Donald Trump's candidacy, myself included, and myself as well. Um, and and the, the look, I, I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting because Donald Trump got this problem. Okay. Donald Trump like people that say nice things yeah. instead of people that tell him the truth. Mm. And if he squanders this moment, it's nobody that can be blamed for it but him. Mm. So listen, who is his blackface surrogate at the moment? Um, I don't know. He ain't got one. Look <laughs> That's right. Look what's happening to his poll numbers with black people when he ain't got one. Going up. Now, what happened when they had <clears throat> certain people running around being who? the black face? Who thing? say it? I don't know who you're talking about. Any of them. Sonny. <laughs> who are you talking about? See, the point is, if you say their names, then our conversation becomes about them. And it doesn't need to be about them. It needs to be about Donald Trump. Gotcha. Donald Trump needs to understand. It is not people that say nice things to you. It is people that know what the hell they are doing. They yeah. know how to talk to the black community. Like, so when we started, you put this conversation on where you was like, some of my black sisters, they, they feel like it's hard to be a conservative. I don't get called to Uncle Tom. I don't get called to sell out. It is not hard for me to talk about my politics around black people. I have no issue with it. I, can, I don't. I don't find black spaces hostile. Like these things that you attribute to black conservatism, I don't have to deal with those things. Yeah. Those things are not black conservatism related. They are your black face related. They are your black talking points related. It is your prototype related. It is not conservatism. It is not the wait, principle. Wait, wait, it Sonny, hold on, hold on, wait. Sonny, Sonny, wait one second. No, no, wait. Now, let, let, let's separate the thing out, okay? Number one, when I'm in the neighborhood, if I go to the neighborhood right now, if I go to the barbershop and we're going to have a conversation about politics, first of all, I'm going to do a lot of teaching because a lot of the shit that I'm going to talk about, most people aren't even familiar with, number one. But nobody's going to be saying, oh, you're, you know, you, you'll, be, you'll be rare to find somebody who says, oh, you're Uncle Tom or you, you know, bootlicking or whatever in person, okay, in the community, in the neighborhood. But when you're talking about online and a lot of these people who are in the conservative movement do exist in an online, you know, in an online persona uh, and a lot of the pushback that they get, let's be honest, a lot of the a lot of the criticism they get, the blackface criticism they get comes from white liberals. Number one. I mean, and, and we can't really tell how much of these Internet accounts are. We, we we can't tell how much of these internet accounts are black liberals and how much of these internet accounts are are white liberals posing as black liberals to make you feel like so my my point is there's a difference between the internet and in person i think in person uh black people are much more 
open to having these real conversations, as the polls would suggest about Donald Trump and conservatism. But online, everybody, I think, gets same way the conservatives do. Everybody gets caught up saying the thing they want to be seen saying to 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 have some, you know, they want to be in the group like, ah, uh, you know, oh, you just, you know, like I, I can't tell. Look, I'm gonna be honest. I can't tell you how many people still think Steve Bannon is a white supremacist. I can't tell you how many. You try to explain it to me. You okay. explain okay. blackface on the right behavior. You explain it to me, right? Yeah. So they sit around and talk about. I'm not black. I'm not black. I'm not black. I'm American. I'm not black. I'm American. I'm not black. I'm American. Joe Biden says if you don't wait, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. Oh, oh my God! I'm still black, Joe Biden. Even though I wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Didn't you just say you wasn't black? You was American. How come you? How did you turn? So. You want you want to tell me that when the left and the LGBT people talk about how this shit is fluid, you want me to laugh at them and their fluidity. But it seems like you're awful fucking fluid over here about when you black and when you not black. So if I can look at them and think that they're crazy for their fluidity, can I not look at you and think that you're equally as crazy for your fluidity? Or am I supposed to give some pre some special preference to you because what, why? It sounds just as stupid to me. So you can explain that to me, right? How is it that one minute you're not black, you're an American, but when a Democrat say some shit to you, then all of a sudden you become blackly black, black, black again. I, I don't understand how, how they make the leap. I don't understand the dance. I haven't been taught that move. Maybe that was after twerking 101 <laughs> and I didn't attend that class. You know, not every black woman twerk twerks. You know, I just don't have it in me. But maybe mm. that class was after twerk 101 and I, and I just missed it. Come on, man. You you going you going you going all the way there, and I I love it. I love every minute of it. We might have to do a a, a weekly uh, Royce and Sunny special. This is this is uh, off the off the chains, but you're right though. I mean, it's funny, and you know, you you try and look me as a, as a gracious person. I, I actually get called out for being one of the more um, what do you say, one of the more um, vulgar uh, kind of extreme conservatives because I just use profanity. I mean, I just had, there's no, there's no set of circumstances where I'm like, I can't say you're fucking dumb or you're full of shit or you're a fucking cuck or you're a fucking jerk off or what, you know, I, I just, I just talk that way. So I'm not, I'm, I'm a loud, emotional, yeah. angry black woman. Yeah. But I'm Come not, on. but, but my point is, my oh, and I love that. Oh, when you call me the angry black guy, oh, I, when they tell me the angry black guy is unelectable, I go and I say fuck three more times on the next broadcast just to double down on it. But what? I, but what? I, my Elon, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I love. I love when the first. Well, hold on. Wait. 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 Slow down. Slow down. Elon can say what he wants. Elon's a fucking sellout. But but my I, I point taken. Hey, when I saw that, Sonny. I love, I was like, somebody messaged me and they were like, look at Elon Musk saying, go fuck yourself. And I saw Republicans against Donald Trump post it as a negative on Elon and saying, and then there are people in the comments like, I'm sure this is going to go over well for his stock, his stock share, his shareholders. I thought, there are your fucking rhinos right there. 
Those are your fucking neocon rhinos right fucking there. And now I'm saying, even though I don't trust her like Elon Musk, I love that he told motherfuckers to go fuck themselves. But I want to say, I want to say this to you. Um, um, the, uh, <laughs> the, the point about the black conservatives is, is this. I'm, I'm a gracious person. I, I try and be understanding. So I'm not saying that any of these black conservatives don't have some things right. I'm not saying that there's not a place for them in the movement. We need to kick people out. I'm not saying we don't want to let Democrats come in. I'm not saying we don't want to let far leftist Satanists reform themselves and find Christ and say, hey, you know what? I had this whole shit wrong. We want that. But we can't start from a place where you can't criticize anybody in the name of unity. That's exactly what the Democrat plantation has built up against the black man. And I, and, and I find that especially, especially insulting. Like you can't criticize any black man, any black man that the left is going to prop up. You can't criticize any black man or any black woman for that matter, like Jamil Hill. I think Jamil Hill is one of the ultimate sellouts. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's highly educated and she talks out both sides of her mouth. And she's doing it for a check. I and look, and they treated her fucked up because she, you know, because they're the lines blurry on their side too. They're trying to balance the beam themselves. And when you step a little bit too far, you get burned. They're not afraid to let you know you'll get burned. But you know, you can't even criticize black people on the left without people saying, without the media saying, you're doing more harm than good. You're you're don't step on, don't kick your own people down. But guess what? The right does it too. I can't talk about Tim Scott. I can't criticize. And look, I did a whole show where when Larry Elder went on The Breakfast Club and they tried to ambush him with that one, one black woman and, and Charlemagne the God. I love Taz. I love Taz. Yo, and see, here's my joke. I go on with Taz on a regular basis. So me and Taz, 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 Taz my role. I love her to death. I can go, I go on with her, me and her chop it up all the time. We yell, we fight, we get it over with, and then we bury the hatchet and we go back to our respective work. And we we look out for each other in terms of celebrating each other when they have when we have victories. Like we don't have to agree with each other to be good and have respect for each other, right? So I, I and so me, me and you would probably be uh, from what it sounds like on the opposite side of fucking when Larry Elder like me. Again, I don't like to make it about people. This is yeah, one of yeah. my sayings, and I've been consistent about this. I don't defend people, defend ideas, right. right? Because they keep, they can refresh the people, they can change the people, and then you have to start over when it's a new person. That you don't want to have to keep starting over. So it's the idea, and that's why I say the prototype instead of putting their names. I don't give a fuck about saying Candace or Brandon Tatum or the Flapjack Boy, any of them. Like I don't care about saying their name, but they are not an idea. Conservatism to me is the idea. That's the standard. Yeah. So if any conversation, if I'm going to be giving you my time, I want to be talking about the standard. I don't want to be talking about these people. And I don't, and I'm like you, I don't want them. I, I'm not trying to push them out the way and say they don't deserve to exist. Or if they um, are not from the hood and, and they was raised in 
and, and the proper surroundings and they got uh, I can I accept that that's legitimately who you are and you don't have you know my experience I'm not gonna hold that accountable uh hold you accountable to that and say okay well that means you don't have your blackness anymore no I, I want more of us my daughter will never know what the fuck I experienced growing up she will never know she is grown now and she will never know what it's like to heat your kitchen with um to heat your house with the stove and, and hang sheets like she will never understand what that feels like that's a good thing but that's a good thing mm -hmm. but and i don't want her to be held accountable to say she's any less black because of that right so i would never do that but again what it goes back to what you were saying it's the debate they don't want to debate they don't they they don't want to have the argument they don't want to have the discussion they don't like being put on the spot they don't like being proven that they were wrong they don't like being held accountable like oh let me give you this so they say that the republican party is a meritocracy right because that's the problem with the democratic party and their apparatuses they don't yeah. understand a meritocracy that's why they go for things like affirmative action because right. you know Right. That's so the, the right is um is is completely based on a meritocracy, right? So scam. Your black your black faces on the right have lost the black vote by 90% for 60 plus years. What the fuck metric metrics are you basing them on? <laughs> if you are a meritocracy, what exactly are you fucking basing them on? Because it, to me, you sound like one of the progressive teachers that want to give the student a hundred because they wrote their name on the paper. They 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 they, like. they didn't move the that's needle at all. You, you saying they didn't move the needle at all? They've been here the whole time. Your black conservatives and Republicans—that's what y'all doing. Y'all giving them a hundred just because they put their name on the paper. They been they've been here the whole time and they ain't moved the needle at all. At all, but it's a meritocracy. So now, if you look at the RRC, they don't have a single black person on staff. So wait a minute, let me get this straight. All of your black faces that you got that play your game, that repeat your talking points, that do your stereotypes, all your little puppets you got, and don't one of them equal up to the meritocracy it takes to be employed by the RRC? Dang. Not one. Not one. Not one is smart enough. Not one has the content of character. Not a single one. Oh, okay. Ooh, All right. Look at that meritocracy for your ass. You going there? To, you going there today? Oh shit. Is, well, first I, we we already look. We already clear in the MAGA movement. We want the RNC out. But what we need to get clear about is: Do we understand why? Do we yeah, understand? Do we understand why? Yeah. Yes. Do we understand the why? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and we get again. I, I love the point you brought up earlier. I think it's the most salient point is, you know, and Larry Elder's another, he's an example, and let's talk about the ideas. But but there is a prototype, but let's talk about the ideas. The Larry Elders of the world and the the, the black conservative prototype um, have always preached this, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, black America. Now, part of that is warranted. Part of black America is, okay, we need to get together. We need to get our ideas in order. We need to not, become victim to this radical materialist culture that's grown out of, of drugs, piracy, slavery. We need to get that in order, but that doesn't mean we should, we should, um, 
we should concede all of the systemic and institutional issues that that are before us. In fact, we should start off. We should start off with the institutional issues and, and understand why are we voting a certain way when these particular people, whether they be Republicans or Democrats, from a policy standpoint, are lending to the problems that we say we want to change. Now, first off, black people got to make a decision to want to change that. And that that's something that we have to decide, just like every individual in the world has to decide. If my life is in shambles, I could I could complain about it. But the question is, do I actually want a different life? And some people are pretty self Some people, a growing amount of people, let's say, are self-destructive and masochistic. And we have to be able to acknowledge that. Some people say they want better. I, I don't want to I don't start from this place where everybody would like a better life. Uh, some of you motherfuckers love the chaos and the, and the destruction. Let's just be clear. You get off on it. But that ain't just a black person thing. And when it comes and when it comes to the when it, but what you were saying about meritocracy is this this modern mainstream Republican establishment can't talk to me about meritocracy at all. George Bush Jr. is a moron. And all of the people that came in, I'm just being honest, George Bush Jr. wasn't even into he wasn't even smart. He was a crook. And but that don't make you intelligent. That's not a sign of genius that you can scam somebody or that you can be involved in intergenerational corruption. That's not a sign of, of, of competence or, or merit. Uh, but even more importantly, all the people that Bush brought in around him, the entire neocon establishment, all of it was done based on good old boys, crony capitalists, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, deep. Yeah, this, this wasn't, oh, we're going to go pick the best and the brightest. This wasn't a best and the brightest sort of, uh, uh, you know, administration with the Bushes. And these people are still there today. Kissinger, you know, just died in the last 24 hours. And he had his, you know, his uh, political era and, and power there. But the Karl Roves of the world were right. Were, you know, who were the people in the White House with Bush? Who were the people in the White House with Bush when they made the decision to go into Iraq and Afghanistan? You had Kissinger there, but then you also had who? You had Cheney, you had Rumsfeld, you had you had Karl Rove there, right? So they, their era, the accountability placed on them has been totally overlooked by many America first, many conservatives, I'm sorry, but it's also been mis, misappropriated by black folks. We don't even know those names. That's why it's important to talk about names, though, because people- Our portion for their era- was the red the red state strategy that's what you currently see now where they don't right. try to extend outside this was like Carl Rove's master plan right? right and they became the tactical uh way for the rnc to move is that they protect home right they protect red states and um they don't really venture too much out as long as they can protect and uh, protect home um defense yeah, but, 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 but but sunny but but sunny but sunny but carl hold on one second carl rove knew wait wait a second First off, these people are as smart as they could. Now, these motherfuckers are are smart. Carl Rove is a genius, and to say otherwise would be... Now, now him and people like Cheney, they hired people who would carry water around, but some of the architects are, are, are highly, highly intelligent. They knew, He knew. You can't tell me that the same Republican mainstream establishment that says rap music is too influential on... on, on American culture or, you know, the crime element is going to continue to spread or all of these talking points from Fox News outrage fear porn machine. 
that talk about the influential nature of, of cultural decay, you can't tell me that they sensibly thought they would be able to stop the spread of liberalism in the red states. You, I mean, you can't. Hey, hey, I don't know if they thought they was going to be able to stop it or if they was just going to be able to inoculate themselves enough that um, that they would be safe. So I, I don't, I do not understand what yeah, they're thinking Yeah, but none, of, none of them taught there, but my, my like, point I is. I understand it's short term what yeah. they were able to accomplish. I don't, I, tell me what their plan is long-term. I'm still waiting to see. No, no wait, wait, none of them, none that. of them, none of them, none of them taught their own children. And I'm not talking about your rural Americans who actually homeschool their kids, okay? I, I understand that there are white conservatives in the nation that homeschool their children and they, they, they believe in doing it that way. I even know some in the inner city. My point is none of them, none of the intellectual and political elites educated their own children, okay? So they can't tell me that they had a long-term strategy. They knew they were gonna keep sending their, their kids to the same Marxist, liberal, communist universities. And, and, and when I say none of them educated their kids, what I'm saying is they can talk about conservatism and, and values and ethics all they want to. You tell me, you show me a generation of conservative students that didn't grow up exposed to the same dangers and pernitions of technology that took over the liberals, that took over black communities. They knew, they knew the technology was going to spread. They, this is the difference between the state and the deep state. And Karl Rove is a part of the deep state. These dudes knew, they knew they were, and that's my whole point here. The conservative movement has tolerated people putting on this front. Now where me and Larry Elder may disagree on some things and Larry isn't all the way rounded, from his his position of the prototype, uh, where we where we where we greatly disagree is that I think a lot of these people are just putting on an act. I think it's a highly well crafted security state type of act where they say, "Oh well, pull yourself up by your bootstraps," but at the same time, you're going to complain about taxation. If you're being overtaxed, then that the the whole premise. Yeah. That conflicts the narrative that is so easy to be pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. But this this kind of goes to um, the black faces and their criticisms of us, mm -hmm. right? For kind of for for my squad and those of us that rep in kind of black conservatism, and that's uh, their criticism to us is that we don't look at the bad in a black community, or we are afraid to talk about the bad that is happening in a black community, right? And first and foremost, there's a group of black Marxists that are never going to be conservative. Right? Like, those are my fucking enemies. Those are the people that I would eventually like to fight with. Right? right? I would eventually like to get to a place where they are my only enemy. They are the only ones that I'm looking at, and we are ideologically slugging it out. I eventually, I would like to get to that point. Right? Mm -hmm. But I can't get to that because I'm still dealing with these blackface over here on the right and how detrimental they are to a lot of the conversations that we have. And they'll, and, and again, they'll tell me that on, on, from that point of view, it's just that you don't, you, you don't believe in personal responsibility or you don't think that, um, that, that the, the individual is responsible for themselves. Here's my three principles of conservatism. 
And this is how my three principles of conservatism work. The very first principle is the idea of the individual, right? So that means you get yourself straight. You get your mental straight. You get your health straight. You get your money straight. You get your um, marriage straight. You get your kids straight. You get your extended family straight. That's the first step as an individual. Now, there's a second step. These black faces never want to admit we got to the second step. As an individual, I've been with my husband 23 years now. My daughter's graduated, going to school. I'm a good character. Like, it's nothing on your individual list that I need to check off. I, I, I got them all met. If you want to judge me on the content of my character, be my motherfucking guest. Mm. Go ahead, run the receipts, and, and, and give me your analysis when you come back. In the meantime, in between time, since I've done all of that, I met all of your quota that you say black people can never ever understand or, or get to. I, I've checked all of those boxes. So now that I've checked all of those boxes, we go to the second step, which is the republic. And that is the idea that the government closest to you has the most power over you. So now you're looking at your community. How can you be a coach? How can you be a mentor? How can you be a part of your local politics? Change in policy, change in legislation, change in regulation, change in taxation. Looking at things locally. They never get to the second step. How come these black Republicans and conservatives never get to the second step? If you assume that black people are of, of, of equal status to white people, because that's what y'all keep telling me, that that's the truth. So if that's the truth, why is it so hard for you to believe that we've passed the first step? And now that we are on the second step, talking about how government functions with its citizens, you want to take us back to the first step. Mm. Why, why is that the case? Because I got all my boxes checked. Now I'm on the second step. I, I want to be looking at regulation, legislation, and taxation. But you want to take me why, wait, 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 why, why, why you want to take me back? Because that's what you used to. That's what your white Republicans and your white conservatives, that's the extent of their knowledge. It's not the extent of my knowledge. Mm. So you don't stop me when I know that there's more rungs on the ladder. Because as soon as we finish looking at this shit that's happening locally, you got the third step, which is the Constitution, and we got some ads and some, some suggestions about what's going on at the federal level, too. Mm. But we understand that there is a, a, a step pattern to this, and it starts with you as the individual. So we are always going to encourage Black people to make sure, first and foremost, your mental health your physical health, your economic health, your family health, all of those things are the most important factors and those things need to be fixed first. And we're always going to pour into black America for them to be able to have healing in those areas. That doesn't stop. But these conversations right here is not going to bring that healing. Ain't no legislation that's going to bring that healing. Ain't no legislation that's gonna that's gonna um repair single parent households. There's no legislation that's gonna do that shit. We're over here in the legislative space talking about legislation. Why are you talking about me about subject matter that cannot be solved by legislation? Mm. 
it's gotta be because you think I'm intellectually stupid enough to follow along with you. And I'm no, it doesn't work like that. I understand that individual layer, and then I understand that second step when you are starting to look the at whole, government the, the, interacting with the citizens. The way, wait, wait. The whole, the whole, the whole individual layer on on face value is a fucking bullshit story. Let's just be honest. If if you have a country, if you have a country that citizen, the health of the citizenship in that country is determined by the individual content of character, then we already have the we already have um, the the answer to the equation. All of y'all are corrupt. I mean, we don't have to we don't have to we don't have to keep throwing it on. Government you deserve, eh? You get the government you deserve. We don't have to talk about black folks or single out certain people who don't have their individual house in order because again, like I've said many times, many times, this country is a Protestant country. It's a Protestant, mostly Protestant, partially Catholic, Christian country, and we let Satanists and LGBTQ political activism take our country. So, I mean, who who are you throwing that on? I mean, you 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 guys were the uh, uh, the the educated ones. You guys were the ones on Wall Street and 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 K Street, and and you guys were the ones in the Oval, and you guys were the ones and and, and while we were out doing the crime, right? We were out snatching bags or, or snatching uh you know or jacking cars or or doing dope or whatever it is that you want to say that black folks were doing. You actually had the levers of power. Okay, so if if don't tell them that. Well, what, you know, what, I mean, how can we, how can we say it any other way? Maybe, maybe if they had really understood they control the lovers of power, they wouldn't have shipped all of our manufacturing overseas. Well, but who did that? Maybe, I mean, again, maybe they wouldn't, uh, Kissinger dies. Industrial sector, if they realized that they were the ones that actually control the power. I'm Absolutely. just saying, maybe Absolutely. they would have done some things differently. But I go back to. Think about Republicans, again, when I first started in politics, one of the Republican talking points at the time was, if you just send your kid to public school, if your kid graduates public school, then they have this percentage of having success, right? Yeah. Not even 10 years later, it's like, oh my God, the public schools are ruining our kids. Like 10 years ago, they were your solution. Now you realize that they're a problem. How long have you been pushing the problem as a solution? No, they wait, 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 Sonny. Wait, Sonny. They think Marxist, a lot of these, a lot of your, first of all, let, let, let's, let's be fair. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me slow, let, let, let me, let me slow down. Let's be fair. Okay. In fairness, in fairness, there's been a dramatic shift from how people got their information about the current political climate and zeitgeist post the advent of of social media and the internet, right? So before that, the Republicans or conservatives were reliant on a few conservative new uh, news stations or, or media platforms, a few conservative publications, a few conservative, uh, you know, uh, uh, machines, uh, Republican Party, BPOUs, things like that. They were relying upon the machine to get the information about what was going on. So I grant some to the average voter, to the average citizen. That's why we're doing the podcast. I want everybody out there to understand. There's been a phase shift in the way information is distributed. So a lot of you, even though you may be in that boomer age bracket, have come from a place where the truth was hidden from you and now it's being given to you by your enemies, right? So, you know, you, you've, you've, you've passed, you, you've skipped a few steps. 
right? And so now we have to go back and, and try and reiterate the, the, step, the steps you may have been missing. Maybe you didn't miss them. Maybe you were fully aware and you did it anyway. If that's the case, you go caucus with the fucking Democrats because you're just as deceitful as a Marxist, in my opinion. But I, I get that there's some people out there that really thought that Marx or really think Marxism has just become an issue since 2016, since they, they went after Donald Trump. Uh-huh. You don't think the reason why young black men were dropping the fuck out of schools is because we've always had a sense that these white liberal women were full of shit? They now what? Told, they told you why they was dropping out. They told you. <laughs> We are not being taught shit that is going to get us anywhere in this country. They weren't dropping out because they were lazy. They weren't dropping out because they were stupid. They were dropping out because they saw clearly what you couldn't see. They saw it before you saw it. Mm. And you and they got punished for it. They got downcast for it. They got shut out of society and had opportunities taken away because they saw the truth. You start to see it today and you want a fucking lollipop. Now what, what one thing I'll say though to- one one thing I'll say though, Sonny, is yes, you're hundred percent right. And that contradiction should be very clear for everybody out there. Everybody out there listening should understand this contradiction with extreme clarity. OK, you, you have a narrative that's sold to you by the fear porn machine of Fox News, the same people that are going to sell you out to BlackRock and Dominion. They want you to th- their whole pitch, the neocon pitch, the alpha news, fall of Minneapolis. George Floyd was nothing but a thug pitch. Their pitch is we want more police to protect you from black criminals. My pitch is you get a fucking gun. You shoot anybody who threatens you or your family. One pitch is Pax Americana. The other pitch is neocon. Okay, it's very simple, very, neocon rhino. But what I want to say about 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 your point is, um, on on the flip side of that coin, for the black folks out there that are hearing this, yes, there is a white constituency in America who fails to see that the thing they've called for. Let's not even say they failed to see; they failed to acknowledge, because I don't know if they failed to see. We can't make that claim. They failed to acknowledge that the thing they've called for was off at every base, that they were behind the Marxist and communist agenda at every turn, and they turned to some easy cookie-cutter solution because they didn't really want to get down to the root. That's a fact. However, the black community in general, at, at a wide basis, had many of opportunity since the Civil Rights Act to call foul and protest and, and stay committed so that the school boards or the Department of Education or the people in positions of power at the federal level reflected our own interest. And there was something in us, whether it was inculturated, whether it was indoctrinated, whether it was something that we, we uh, uh, you know, came across and, and accepted, there was something in us that was willing to accept this type of governance. And, and the, my fundamental basis of being a conservative or being a, an American citizen is self-governance, okay? And in your self-governance, you have to set that standard for yourself at what type of governance you're willing to accept, and you have to be willing to fight, kill, and die if it doesn't meet that standard. That's what our founding fathers laid out. And and my point to black people is, yeah, our sons were right to run out of the fucking public school system because, number one, it's a pipeline to prison. We all know that. That it 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 just feels like a prison when you're in a public school, whether you're white, black, or anything. 
we know the statistics about black folks being different with the prison system. But um, yes, they were right to run from white liberalism in the schools, but they had nowhere to run to. And 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 yep. we have to provide the somewhere to run to. And and that means we have to have our shit in order. The older generation, that's why right now one of my biggest, one of my biggest projects away from running for Senate is. I want to build a school with after-school program activities, and I want to build a, an athletic facility. You know, maybe two in the same, but but we have to start to build those. We just can't allow the federal government to tell us if we don't push LGBTQ liberal politics, then they won't give us the grants. And the question then becomes, where is the righteous money? See, people want to act like this isn't a money thing. And when I say it's a money thing, I'm not saying it from a Marxist standpoint. I'm saying if you're a conservative and you agree to live in a materialist framework, a materialist economy, then you can't discard money altogether. Where are our institutions? Where are our places where our children who want to learn conservative values, our families who want their children to have conservative values, where can they go that hasn't been that hasn't been tainted by this liberal, global, elitist uh, mentality. Where is the righteous money? Right now, Donald Trump, Donald Trump is facing uh, you know, 800 years in prison. He's got to pay his own legal fees. Elon Musk is under attack. He's a billionaire, but he's under attack. And he oh, ain't even really a conservative, in my opinion. I but say right now, I want to stay in line with that because I want to go back to the conversation you was having about Black America, about some, at some point we have to choose. Um, we consistently chose, but we ran into exactly what you just talked about when you talk about how they're now targeting Donald Trump. They are now targeting, um, they targeted our leaders. So anytime you had black people at, at, at local levels starting to organize people towards uh, a capitalistic endeavor, they got targeted. They got branded, they got arrested, they got put underneath the microscope and pulled from the system. That's what made it um, so that the black um, progressives were the only voices left. So if you look at meticulously now at how Democrats wage and use their power to get rid of their opposition, imagine how much black opposition they have gotten rid of in the past. So it's not a matter of we didn't want or we didn't try or we didn't uh, pursue. It was okay. They had, like you said, the funding. They had the political structure. They had the ability to use the system against their enemies. Like they also had the um, ability to use the American taxpayer dollar like a, an incentive program, right? So where we are looking at conservatism and saying, okay, we're gonna just start to pull our finances, learn to buy back our block. This stuff is gonna be incremental in how we're doing it. They're like, yo, we're gonna drop up, we're gonna drop ten million dollars in from daddy government. Woo woo. It doesn't matter that the money is never gonna make it to the citizens. It just matters that that appearance that the money came in is something that was supposed to benefit them. So what we're talking about in terms of conservatism, it's hard, right? It's not easy. You have to make choices. You have to make sacrifices. It, it's not. The easy, the, the easy route to go is the road harder traveled. Yeah. But 
all we can say is that it's worth it, right? right? In the end, we own our institutions. In the end, we are able to control our own health care. In the end, we are able to control our own food supply. We are able to control our own education. We control our industries and our communities. And by that extent, we are then able to control our institutions within our communities. So then we don't have to worry about systemic racism because those old systems have been replaced with our institutions that we run control and own but you cannot tell me that you are against systemic racism but you don't want black people to own any of our own systems because again i don't think you're against i don't i don't think you say i don't think you are what you say you are right, right? because you keep telling me that the school system is racist. You keep telling me that the healthcare system is racist. You keep telling me that all these other facets of the government is racist. So when I come along and say, hey, how about we take over our own healthcare and create our own exchange that's just by black people and that also black people own so we don't have to do it in a profit margin. We can do it off of just functioning, you know, making shit work. No, we can't do that because, because it, what? Because it's communist. Because why can't we do it? That's and what then, they'll say. So, the conservatives no, will say. The conservatives will say that it's because they're com that's communism. They'll go. They'll go. We need a single payer system. And you go, okay, because I don't want to fight with you over this. Say I give you a single payer system. We get a single payer system. After the single payer system is implemented, black people are still at the bottom of the healthcare list. Yeah. What then? Well, it's America. You know, black people. So wait a minute. If if you know. That at the bottom of this new system you want to put into place, black people still will be at the fucking bottom. Why are you pushing for the system? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop. You know why. Because to them, wait, wait. Let, let's go back. Let's go back a few clicks here. Let, let, let's sum this. How, how, how long you got left? You, you, you ready to roll? I know you got your busy woman. You on national syndicated radio. You got the whole thing going. Hey. The only people that's going to be mad at you about my time is my husband and my daughter because we're supposed to be putting up the Christmas tree. Okay, I'm, I'm going to let you go because I know it's holidays. We're going to get you back on. Hopefully, we'll have you on as a regular so we can start to iron some of this stuff out because I, lo I love the energy that you brought today. I, I want to try and sum it down to this and you tell me what you think and then give me your parting shots because I know we're we're running past an hour here. Me, I'd go two, three hours. Please call me crazy. We just roll. But um, this, this whole thing boils down to um, – I said on on Wednesday, um, yesterday, I said that uh, we, that the Uniparty, what what we've come to describe as the Uniparty, this this permanent DC political elite, and and who shares some some collaboration with the corporate elite, their their go to means to control all of us are the taxes. Right. I mean, that's just a, that's their that's their main source. That's their lifeline is that we're going to use the taxes. We're going to use the federal budget to to up, down, you know, gerrymand, whatever we need to do. We're going to use that that law, that rule of law and taxation to run roughshod over the citizens. OK, now the 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 cultural narrative that they use, which is very clear, is to keep black people and white people divided on both sides of the spectrum whether it's black conservatives and white conservatives, black liberals, white liberal, what, uh, black liberals and black conservatives, we're gonna use race, we're gonna use race, uh, uh, racial history, racial context to keep people divided or more, more accurately to keep them off the scent. 
the remedy to this is is somewhat simple. And and when we don't when we don't acknowledge and apply this remedy, you can tell that people, like you so eloquently put it, aren't who they really say who aren't really who they say they are. The remedy here is there is some silent majority of white folks out there in America that are unwilling to that are unwilling to concede all forms of racial animus in pursuit of the freedom and constitutional republic we say we want to build. There's some constituency out there. There's some constituency that is is okay with playing fast and loose with the Constitution or fast and loose with Christianity or fast and loose with whatever set of values and principles they say they have in order to save the republic. Because the answer is, is, is very, very simple. Black people at many turns throughout history have tried to break away from the system and then they're told that they need the system or they're told that the reason that they are, aren't successful is because of their own lack of talent, skill, knowledge, education, whatever the case may be. Their lack in it or their own determination and commitment. And now as, as an athlete, look, I run into young black men all the time who really do have that lack of commitment and discipline. They really do have that lack of focus. But it's not something that's, it's not something that's exclusive to young black men or black people. The failure and lack of discipline and focus could be, could be uh, described about the entire American populace because we let the country get this way. And at some point, at some point in there, it was on white conservatives who have a better perspective and vantage on life, who want to emphasize the individual. Well, at some point, the individual becomes the local, becomes the global, right? It's, it becomes the national, becomes the global. And now they're on the news and they're on Twitter saying, look what's happening all over the world. Marxism and communism is taking over everywhere. Well, yeah, yeah, it was your job at the local level to know that they were running a fucking bullshit neoliberal neocon scam in the schools and go get elected to the school board and say this shit is wrong. But you didn't. You did it because to to scream America will never be a socialist nation. And and that was going to stop it. Oh, yeah. You're that, right. That was their That's defense. right. Absolutely. That, 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 that was their actual battle cry. America will never, it will never. And that's all they did, right? That was supposed to be um, enough to stop it. So let me answer your question because I, I think Go this ahead. will be fun. To, Go ahead. Just a little bit, right? So MAGA is make America great again, right? So when you go and you start looking and you start talking to white conservatives and Republicans, the conceptually, uh, and this goes back to, again, I go back to my history. Uh, the first time they said this, where I kind of heard this and kind of got the idea about it, was when they were going through the IRS thing, right? And one of the Tea Party ladies went and she testified in front of Congress and she was like, I don't want this America. I want the America that I grew up in. Right. And when when I heard her say it, it, it made me cock my head because I was like, wait a minute. I want to destroy the America that I grew up in. Right. That, there's a difference between you and I. You grew up in America that you want to preserve. I grew up in a version of America that I want to destroy. So me and you are not looking at this from the same perspective. Me and you are coming in at, at a different way 
of looking at this. So this is what I challenge MAGA, right? A lot of MAGA say make America great again because they want to go back to the time when they was uh, bouncing on Grandpappy Knee, right? And, and, and they was about to go see the fireworks and then they was about to have the apple pie and life was just so simple. They was going to ride on it, get on a, get on a banana bike. And you know what I'm saying? That's the period of time they want to go back to. But if we go back to that time, whether it be 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, we go back to that time. The left were taking over all your institutions during that time. They were taking <laughs> During that time, they were sending the jobs overseas during that time. You want to go back to a time where you thought everything was a-okay. But during that time, all of the American institutions was being infiltrated. Now, if I sent you back with the knowledge of what you know now, would that time be the same to you? Mm. Would you go back and think about apple pie and baseball? Or would you go back thinking about, no, we can't let them take over the colleges. No, we can't let them have a public education system. No, we cannot be talking about free trade without uh, protecting American in industry. Like, would, would you go back with lollipops and rainbows and unicorns in your eyes or would you go back understanding that if you did not do something different, what your country would become? Mm. So this period that you have in your mind that you want to go back to during that time, your country was getting screwed. You just didn't know it yet. Now that you know it, if I sent you back to that time with that knowledge, would it be the same? Would you still be saying MAGA? So that's a question that white conservatives and Republicans are going to have to grapple with because y'all were very, very protected in y'all bubble. And I don't believe in the white uh, in the left when they use the language like white privilege and shit. But y'all got some white privilege on this shit because y'all didn't have to. Y'all didn't have to know it. Y'all got the luxury of being blind to it until now. But. Now the now it's now your blinders are removed. Now you see it clearly. Now you understand the difference. You understand the problem. You understand the infiltration. If I sent you back, would it be the golden time? Mm. Can't put it any better than that. Sonny Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I love your energy. So I love your I love your view on these things. I love your insight. Is it's it's potent. It's salient. Everybody out there should understand. I know, I know, like I said on Wednesday, I know, I know you feel triggered. I know you feel triggered when the angry, loud black woman gets up and shouts you down for an hour. I get it. But guess what? Guess how much you will wish that somebody had stood the fuck up and said something real to you when you're walking into a fucking concentration camp. You'll wish, then you'll wish. I wish somebody would have told me this is how it was going to go. I wish I would have been a little bit less sensitive to hear the, the, the inconvenient truth on, on, a, on a Thursday evening. 
So we appreciate you, Sonny. I want to have you back uh, as, as soon as we can. Happy holidays to you and the family. Thanks for the time. Tell us where we can follow you. I know a lot of people will know where to follow you, but tell us everywhere we can follow you and where we can listen to you. You can um, catch me on uh, X. It's really the only social media I do at Sonny Johnson, S-O-N-N-I-E. Every single Monday morning, 11 a.m., we do the Thunderdome on X, which is a space. Come in. We have fire conversation on that. And every single Saturday on Sirius XM Patriot for Sonny's Corner, 1 p.m. Eastern. Come and check it out. We I, I love bringing black men on and letting them um, uh, have a uh, stage on that. So that's one of my favorite parts about Sonny's Corner. So you can come and check me out there as well. Sonny Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, the fight continues. Don't die jerk off as always. Godspeed. Sonny, we'll see you soon. I appreciate it. God bless. Thank you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the great Sonny Johnson. It doesn't get much more passionate than that, more spirited than that. I appreciate Sonny Johnson coming on with us today. I appreciate you for being here for another episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you can take some of the insights that Sonny laid out to heart. If you need to go back and, and listen again, I know a lot of the conventional wisdom or the convenient thinking about these cultural and political issues can be emotionally triggering. But I don't think that there's something more important for the conservative movement to adopt than the type of observations that Sonny just laid out about how this movement, how this 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 uh, this this political uh, culture in the conservative movement has been constructed. The benefits, the positives, and the, the, the pitfalls, the flaws in it. We have to be willing to accept all of them. We have to be willing to acknowledge, accept, and then apply new wisdom, new insight to the movement, though, so that we can adapt with the times and meet, meet um, the challenge that we, that we face. That we can we can meet the level of understanding and the level of commitment and discipline and, and insight to defeat the challenge that we that we face to overcome the challenge that we face. So, again, uh, I want to say I I appreciate your your viewership and listenership today and in the, in, in the future. Sorry, I appreciate your listenership and viewership today and in the future. Um, We'll have Sonny back on soon. I hope you enjoyed the great Sonny Johnson. Go follow her if you can on X. You can listen to her on the radio as well. Um, that's it for me. Uh, we plan on having Hotep Jesus on for episode 139. Uh, hopefully that goes as planned and you'll get to meet another interesting individual who has a lot to share, a lot of political insight to share, a lot of cultural insight to share. Uh, can't wait to have a conversation with Hotep Jesus. But for today, the great Sonny Johnson, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, special thank you to the entire War Room Posse. Grace Chong, Maureen Bannon, the great Steve Bannon. Special thank you and, and, and shout out to Alex Jones and the entire Band.Video InfoWars team. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody out there who listens on the audio platforms. Thank you to everybody who's participated with the launch of the store. To remind you, if you go to freepeopleradio.com, and you click the store tab, or you can go straight to freepeopleradio.store and um, buy some merchandise, buy some items from the podcast to, to help support the movement as well. Uh, I think we have some great items. The Godspeed t-shirt is obviously one of my favorites, uh, but I also like the, uh, the Please Call Me Crazy poker cards. I think I'm going to have Professor Penn back in the studio next week. He 
and I are going to play uh, play some cards and, and do a podcast, a Hebrews podcast, because we haven't done one in a while. If you're not watching the Professor Penn podcast, I hear he had one of the best podcasts um, since since he began over on the Professor Penn YouTube channel. So make sure that you go uh, like and subscribe to the great Professor Penn's podcast as well. <clears throat> Stay tuned for the launch of the Royce White Show and Hebrews uh, as well as a number of other titles. We Again, we appreciate your support. We hope that you enjoy the content. If you do, don't forget to leave a comment, like, subscribe to this channel, um, reach out to us on social media, or you can sign up and be a subscriber and an email on the email list at freepeopleradio.com. Um, have a great Thursday night. The fight continues. Don't die a jerk off. And as always, Godspeed. <laughs>